America needs a tidal wave of the old-time religion. I have sinned against you. How dare you! We have no need to doubt God. The heart of Babylon is preparing the nations to receive the Antichrist. I didn't even build that house with money from the church. I built it with money from my book. I don't make this stuff up. Repenting of your sin. It is a moral issue. They got together and swore a pact to the devil. I just enjoy seeing people worship, praising God. Hey, everybody, and welcome to... Believe It or Not. The show where we believe it. Or not. Or maybe not. Who knows? I'm you Trevor know what? That's Coleman. okay. Yeah, and that I'm is Damian okay. <laughs> and I'm Damian <laughs> And you don't have to know, you know? No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. And you don't have to believe. But uh, uh, how uh, how you doing there, Damo? Oh, just just fine. It's uh, hot all of a sudden outside, so that's its own thing. Yeah, what's the deal with that? I don't know. It's like we had that polar vortex a couple weeks ago, and then it was like rainy and stuff, and now all of a sudden it's like middle of summer yeah i miss the days of the polar vortex Mm -hmm. go outside with a light jacket on and be comfortable yep smoke a cigarette look cool as hell um yeah Yeah. i guess yeah i'm not advocating that but uh if you are if you want all of our guests or all of our listeners to smoke uh to try and look cool uh trip those are the views of you not not the show you know you know how that goes oh I got a cat hitting the microphone stand. So, oh, how's, so uh, fun. how's Jagger doing? Jagger is doing great. He's uh, come out of his shell in a lot of ways. I, I, I forget. Have we have we mentioned Jagger yet? I think so. I think we mentioned him on last week's episode, but I can't remember. But I yes, I adopted a cat, and his name is Jagger. Yes. I found out recently that's just the name that the shelter gave him. He does, hasn't had that name his whole life, but. I'm still just going to keep it. I, I like it. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, if you think Trevor should change the name, uh, send us an email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tweet, us, tweet at us with name suggestions for my beautiful boy, Jager. He's fine. Yeah, he's the best. But uh, he's just distracting me now. He just wants those chin rubs. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about Jager now. <laughs> and instead, let's talk about sex, baby. Oh, that's what we're talking about today, huh? We're talking about sex. We've already done a purity culture episode in the past, but I thought I'd, you know, talk a little bit more about the relationship with God and sex and in the Bible and in, uh, like, Christianity and stuff. Now, I, I knew that we were going to talk about sex today because Cody told me that you were texting him for tips on sex. Yeah, I, uh, I said, hey, I'm doing a show about sex. Can you please describe to me what it feels like and what um, it's about? And so he's been texting me um, great things, like that the breasts uh, feel like bags of sand. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, like it, that scene in uh, Wild Wild West, but uh, he dumps it out and fills them with water instead, right. remember? No, I actually haven't seen Wild Wild West. No? No. Should I, should I watch? You should Will watch Smith's it. Wa- yeah, okay. Okay. I, will. Ooh, I, I liked it when I was younger. I don't know if it'll hold up. Oh, I'm sure it won't. <laughs> and they have sex in that movie, right? Yeah, a few times. Yeah. So, uh, sex and God. Mm-hmm. What do you know about how Christians view sex? Only when you're married. It's intended purposes for procreation. Um, you can't uh, have it before marriage. Is this where the definitions of like sodomy come in as well, where it's not just like, like even in some places, oral sex is considered sodomy and, and things like that. and Every kind of denomination and church and stuff has like a different view of sex, and some of them, yeah, you like even within marriage, you can't have oral sex or anything outside of just straight, you know, get 
getting down missionary style. I mean, before before regular bathing and indoor plumbing was a thing, I think that's a pretty safe rule to have. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Don't put your mouth on people's uh, parts where poo and pee come out of when you bathe yeah. maybe once a year. Exactly. Isn't that, I, this may be just a old wives tale, but isn't the reason we have flowers at weddings is because weddings usually happen about a month after your annual shower or annual bath. So like you were starting to stink. So they would have the flowers to kind of mask the smell. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, a lot of uh, perfumes and like flower sachets were a very common thing. Yeah. I, I mean, true. I don't know if it was necessarily because it was a month after your annual bath or. Yeah. You'd think for your wedding, you would maybe make a special exception yeah. for it. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> and have a, a second annual bath. But so the Old Testament doesn't really seem to promote the whole idea of no premarital sex. Right. Or no extramarital sex besides the Ten Commandments where it's like, thou shall not commit adultery. But like all the leaders and all the rulers and stuff in the Old Testament had, you know, multiple wives concubines prostitutes even abraham like the father of you know all the major religions couldn't get his wife pregnant so he slept with his maidservant like as just like a way to have a child so it didn't have the same like purity culture kind of idea as as the new testament there's even like a story where abraham is worried that the pharaoh is going to fall in love with his wife so he tells him it's his sister, which it was kind of true because Abraham's wife was his half sister. But wait, uh, wait, wait! His wife was his half sister. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sarah was his half sister, and then he told the Pharaoh like, "Oh, this is my sister." And then the Pharaoh's like, "Cool, I want to bang your sister." And he's like, "Cool, yeah." And then and then they, the Pharaoh gets mad that he lied and said it was his sister and not his wife, and yeah. Yeah, so sex was a little weird in the Old Testament. <laughs> like it wasn't so. So, from what I'm understanding, is that Pharaoh wanted to have sex with his wife. Yeah, and in order to make the Pharaoh feel okay about it, he said it was his sister. Yeah, and then the Pharaoh found out it was his wife, and he's like, "Fuck you." Um, um, why wouldn't you have just said that's my wife? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's such a weird story. And then uh, and then obviously like you have like Lot like offering his daughters to be raped instead of his like Oh yeah. So it, yeah, these great men uh, women of the Bible definitely didn't follow the same or especially men didn't follow the same like kind of purity culture sexual rule rules that, you know, you see in Christianity today that kind of purity mindset. By the time Jesus comes around, it's like, you know, Roman occupied, and yeah. Romans are really against polygamy and, and things like that, and so that starts to get adopted by Christians as well, or sorry, by the Jews as well, like just one wife and stuff, and then that seeped into early Christianity as well, but um, it wasn't really until like, yeah, 2,000 years ago or so that, that polygamy was kind of frowned upon in that in that culture and then jesus himself didn't talk a lot about sex he he talked about if someone like they were talking about adultery and he said well you're just as guilty of adultery if you've looked at somebody lustfully and that was kind of like his main thing like (laughs) that's such a a dumb thing to say yeah (laughs) yeah exactly thoughts and actions are two very very different things very different things yeah and i don't know 
I, and it's been debated whether he's saying you shouldn't have lustful thoughts or if it's saying like, eh, we're all guilty of something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to read it more as a, as the don't judge. What is it? Uh, he who is uh, like free of sin cast the first stone. Yeah, exactly. Like the story about the woman caught in adultery yeah, yeah, with yeah, an yeah. stoner and he's like, um, he was without sin uh, cast the first stone. And then, I, I uh, feel like I hope I'm hoping it's more of that, but again, it's probably interpreted the other way. Oh yeah, very much so. Like it, in youth groups and stuff, that was always kind of shown as the reason why you shouldn't look at porn or the reason why um, you shouldn't masturbate or whatever. It was always, yeah. Even if you look at someone lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. And then the argument would be like, well, I'm not married. And then it'd be like, yeah, but you will be one day, and and you're cheating on your future wife. You can't, you, you can't cheat on something that you don't have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that was even an argument for why you shouldn't have premarital sex. Is like because it's adultery against your future wife. That doesn't make any fucking no, sense. No, it really doesn't. That's like petting your friend's dog, and you're like, you shouldn't do that. And you're like, why? Is it because when you have a dog one day, those pets belong to that dog? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't mean to equate a dog with a wife. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just pointing out the absurdity of it. Exactly. And then after Jesus, you know, uh, rose up to heaven or, or however he left this earth. He took the space with, elevator. Yeah, he took the space elevator up to heaven. Paul, the apostle, was kind of a proponent of celibacy, mainly um, because and a lot of the early Christians were proponents of celibacy because they thought that Christ was returning very soon. So why bother yourself with a wife and a family and things like that? So to be safe, just, you know, avoid those things. So you're not like concentrating on raising a family and, and distractions. I'm feeling it more. It sounds more like this guy just uh, couldn't get a date. And he's just like, if I can't get a date, no one can. Paul was the original incel. (laughs) Yeah. That's what, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. And no, it really does. (laughs) And then when they realize that, uh, Oh wait, Jesus isn't coming back right away, or he hasn't come back. It's been, you know, a few hundred years. They're still, I mean, they're not practicing full celibacy, obviously, because they're continuing on, but they start to create more and more restrictions on what it means, like what is allowed. Right. Yeah, Yeah. So they start, you know, saying, okay, well, you can have sex with your wife or like with your partner after you're married or after, it was actually more after you were betrothed because uh, that was pretty much the same as a contract for a long time. Like pretty much the same as marriage as when you were betrothed. When you get your dowry. You get betrothed first, I guess, and then and then eventually you get your dowry and that's when you're actually married. But you once you're betrothed, you were allowed to start oh, having okay. sex. But like it was for the purpose of procreation. Yeah. Uh, you need, you need farmhands. Farm exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, yeah, uh, and then uh, uh, St. Augustine comes along, and oh my gosh, St. Augustine ruined it for everyone. Do you know anything about St. Augustine? The name is very familiar. Uh, what did they do? What did he do? Well, he was a theologian, I guess. He wrote the Confessions, uh, St. Augustine of Hippo. Uh, he wrote the his Confessions, which is like him talking about his sins and things like that in the past. And then he uh, really talked about sin and what sin was. And he, okay. he he dipped into the conversation about what original sin is. So, like, why 
Adam and Eve sinning made it so that everybody sinned. Because before the fall of man, there was no sin. And then even Adam and Eve ate the ate the fruit. And then all of a sudden there's like, oh, there's sin in the world and they feel shame. So he tied it to sexual lust and attraction being tied to original sin. Where a lot of theologians at the time were like, no, it's just your body wanting to procreate that's not because of right. sin that's just your your body doing things and then he's like nope it's because of sin and the reason everybody has it is because the reason anyone exists is because of the sin of lust i so i have a few problems with that one yeah. uh how can something exist when it didn't exist before like sin saying that that one act supposedly created sin right yeah, yeah. so her doing that was a sin before there was sin yeah it's ridiculous so that's that's a confusing thing. The second thing too is isn't part of the doctrine to be fruitful and multiply? Yeah. So yeah. right right there that then how can you have lustful thoughts then? Yeah, exactly. It's like one of the first commandments given to a human being in the Bible is to be fruitful and multiply and then but and lust then is saying, a sin. But lust is a sin and uh, the reason we have sin in our lives is because our parents had had to have sex to make us. Like, I mean, that's a very dumbed down version of what he said. He said it. In but a you're very, getting very, mixed messages here. Yeah, one hundred percent. He was around what four hundred? Yeah, he lived from three hundred fifty four to four hundred thirty A.D. and that really influenced theolo- theology throughout the Middle Ages and even up to today, as in like the way a lot of churches view sex. The crazy thing to me is that how things that were started in like the third, fourth, fifth century still hold so much sway over the way people interpret these things today. Oh yeah, uh, there was one article I read where it was basically saying that. Like, thanks, Augustine. <laughs> like, you've ruined sex for hundreds of years, for hundreds of, for thousands of people. Like, cool, dude. <laughs> for for hundreds of years, thousands of years, um, I, no, I guess a thousand years after Jesus uh, was gone, the church didn't want to have anything to do with the actual act of marriage. That was just, like, a state issue. But, like, around 1080 or whatever, the church started taking over and marriage became not just, like, a, a civil union or whatever to to make peace treaties with families or to make deals for how you're going to procreate or whatever it became which i think is what it should go back to i think marriage yeah. should be between uh, uh people's families where we yeah, create exactly. peace treaties and trade land and property yeah exactly <laughs> well i feel like that was with with royalty that's still going on in a to lot a certain, of ways yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> Which is cool, I guess not anymore, but pretty recent history. Yeah, I'm not um, a big fan of royalty, so no, me neither. I think we need to abolish the monarchy and get out of the um, Commonwealth. It's a weird system. <laughs> yeah, it's a really weird system. It needs to end. And the fact too, we'll talk about Anglicanism in a minute, but like the fact that the Queen is also the head of the Church. Well, the Church of England is a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Like, was it not just started by uh, Henry VIII so he could get a divorce? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that was one of the main reasons. Uh, there was also, you know, he just didn't want to have the Pope telling his people what to do. You know what? I'm, I'm kind of on board for that. I don't want the Pope telling me what to do either. Yeah. I mean, there have been I, some uh, shitty Popes. I think more shitty ones than good ones. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Even the good ones did some shitty things. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the different 
denominations and Christian organizations and what how they view sex today. All right. Catholics, pretty much with the Catholic Church, even though uh, there's been a few scandals uh, relating to sex, the official stance is that, um, sorry, not related to sex, more related to sexual abuse. I shouldn't equate the two. But they would say that sexuality is, yes, it's a way to show love to your spouse, but in a way that's to procreate. So you're, you're not just showing love in a physical way. You're also saying, hey, we're going to show love. And then what through showing love to each other, God's going to bless us with a, a child. And that's right. the purpose. So it's like the kind of two are, are tied together. It's never just intimacy. Just that's intimacy. why... No contraception, right? Every, exactly. every sperm is sacred. Yeah, and that's why, yeah, the Catholic Church is so obviously against abortion, also against condoms, and just shared terrible misinformation about condoms, like that you can get HIV from the condom. Yeah, well, I mean, the churches in general have been very bad as far as yeah. sex education has gone. Oh, 100%. I was in a, I think I talked about this on the purity culture one, but I was in a special class in high school, like a special sex ed class, just because of my class periods worked and stuff. Um, I signed up for this one, and it was like the one spe- especially for Mormons. Oh. They had, because they had to create in public schools a like Mormon-friendly sex ed class because there were so many Mormons at my school. The thing that's crazy about that is it's such a tricky subject because, I don't know, I I think there is a certain amount of religious freedom that people should have. But at the same time, as soon as you're in the school system, it's so crazy that you have to put on these blinders to certain groups and you have to make these concessions in order to not offend, which is bizarre. Yeah, it's education too, and it's like it's called that for a reason. Like it's it's something that people need to learn. And places with terrible sex education curriculums have higher teen pregnancy. Well, yeah, and what they they say like an abstinence based curriculum is less effective than one that actually teaches about proper contraception and consequences, because not only are they better informed about their bodies and they know what's going on and what the consequences are. They also know how to prevent unwanted pregnancies and diseases. If, exactly. If, if you don't tell kids what the fuck's going on and just tell them not to do it, they're gonna do it, and mm-hmm. they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it unsafely and with total like disregard for anything that anyone's gonna tell them. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I uh, for the Christian rock lyric later on, I was looking up the video of this like awful Christian rock song about like pro abstinence or whatever. And it was just talking about like the terrible side of having sex and what could happen. And I just wrote in the comments, this could also just be an argument for proper sex education. Cause it was like all the negative stuff. And it's like, yeah, but everything in this video could have just been, or in the song could have just been avoided if they just knew how to protect themselves. <laughs> I think I see my thing about it too, is I, I get that you really want to focus on abstinence for you, for whatever, but why would you not want to educate them about everything else at the very yeah. least? And at the very least, so they know about it and they understand the risks and they understand the stuff. But the total, again, it's that head in the sand. Like, why would you want to just so severely cripple your children before they even have a chance to understand it? Then, you know, they do something stupid and then it's too late, right? Yeah, exactly. Lutherans, I mean, there's so many different Lutheran branches and countries with different Lutheran churches in it that have kind of different 
varying opinions on sex and on premarital sex. Luther himself was very against premarital sex, but that's obviously a, a, a thing of his time. Most North American Lutheran churches will, will say that, hey, you know, you shouldn't have sex before a marriage, but they also won't, like, preach about it or discipline people if they are living together or excommunicate people if they are living together before marriage or anything like that. They're, it's kind of like a hands-off approach. Right. And then others, like, I think it was in Finland... Sweden, Finland, yeah, Finland is basically like no, it's it's fine. <laughs> like extramarital uh, sex, very bad. Premarital sex, whatever. Like is basically their official stance. I mean, um, it's better. It's better than others. Yeah, uh, Calvinism. So like a lot of the Reformed churches, Calvin himself was very, very against premarital sex, and apparently when he would go around preaching, teen pregnancy would go down, or like premarital pregnancy would go down in those areas, but who who knows? It's, that also could just be their talking points or whatever. Cause... Right, and how long is that going to last? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and he also, you know, hung people for disagreeing with him, so. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a good way to get the the pregnancies to go down yeah exactly (laughs) and he also said that a wedding is just like a legal thing so like basically once you have sex with somebody you are married to them so if you have sex with somebody and then go and have sex with somebody else then you're cheating on it's a divorce yeah (laughs) exactly oh man i guess i've been married a few times and i didn't know about it (laughs) yeah and still most of the reformed churches like christian form other calvinist kind of churches presbyterian churches who are all kind of under that same theology highly condemn premarital sex except for switzerland the swiss reformed theology oh it's just sorry one one theologian in switzerland so it's like that's just one guy but he says it's fine (laughs) (laughs) one guy one guy says it's fine so all of switzerland i'll take it uh anglicans yeah in the past have been Obviously, you know, because it was the way to go against premarital sex, but pretty much every region now is either either turns a blind eye for it to it or is just fine with it. Like even among their priests and stuff like that. Um, if you're not married, go out and have uh, your fun as long as you know you're safe and protected and <laughs> and everything like that. Go out and have your fun. Yeah, have a good time. Well, I mean, a church founded on divorce is a uh, is a yeah. as good a <laughs> good a place as any. I think there's a bit of that. I don't want to say apathy, but from my, my understanding of it, it, it's more of like a social thing than a religious thing. Yeah, in the in the UK anyway. Yeah, it's true. And I could, even here, I could be I could be wrong about that. This is just perception. But like even here, like I have a a good friend who is a priest in the, in the Anglican Church. I talked to him one time because they're also LGBTQ affirming. And they will uh, ordain gay priests and stuff. But there was controversy last year, and uh, which I completely uh, get why it's uh, controversial, because they invited spouses to come to this general conference with the priests, but they excluded the same-sex spouses. So it's like, are you affirming? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a little contradictory. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, N.T. Wright is a is a big theologian uh, nowadays. He's like he's kind of like the hip guy that all the Christians are like. Oh yeah, N.T. Wright. He's like he's a cool guy. There's other theologians N- who aren't N- cool N-T- guys. N.T. N-T- Wright. Wright. Yeah, he's an Anglican priest, and people just like love him so much. His quote is. We need to remind ourselves that the entire biblical sexual ethic is deeply counterintuitive. All human beings, some of the time, and some of the human beings most of the time, have deep, 
heartfelt longings for kind of sexual intimacy or gratification. And then he goes on to say that, yeah, it's just a natural thing. Like, sex is just like, they're pretty cool with it most of the time. Nice. Also, they're cool with contraception and, and all that stuff. Methodists? Do you know anything about Methodists? Have we talked about them? I don't know. I'm sure we've brought them up a few times. As as different as these denominations are, at the end of the day, they all still kind of bleed together for me. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, Methodists are like, I don't know, like the vanilla of churches. (laughs) Like, it's just like, like, if you see a church on TV, they're probably acting like a a Methodist church, like, especially like if it's in a small town where it's just like a white guy up there preaching about being nice to each other. And then you go out for, for pie after church or whatever. <laughs> like, huh. Yeah. But nice. they're, yeah, they're, uh, but they're very, they're going to church part, but yeah, <laughs> but they're very, very against premarital sex. Like uh, most of them to the point where, you know, you're excommunicated. Uh, or not excommunicate, that's not the word that you use, but they'd use church discipline and, and ask you not to attend church. And they definitely wouldn't marry you in the church if you had lived with your spouse before marriage. Right. So they're like vanilla with like a, a shit fudge swirl. Yeah, exactly. Except for the United Church, which came out of Methodism, but is very different now. The United Church of Canada, anyway, is very liberal and very like pro LGBT and just kind of okay with you know exploring your sexuality so it's a very different (laughs) very different church than methodists are um but within marriage they're more open and okay with contraception and they don't believe that it's just for procreation they believe that it is also just like a way to be intimate and get to know your your spouse and continue intimacy throughout your marriage Yeah. yeah for sure and, uh, well, that's another thing in like the middle ages is once you were unable to have kids anymore, the church told you, you shouldn't have be having sex anymore. So yeah. Once you go through menopause, that's it. Oh, do You're people done. even live that long? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know if it, it was, uh, people live long enough for that to matter. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to skip over a few. A lot of them are just the same. Where it's like, yeah, they yeah, they're okay with it, but not, but not okay. Like they're okay with contraception, but only in marriage. They're not okay with gay people. They're, you know, it's the. What about the more extreme ones? What about uh, polygamy? Polygamy. So Mormons believed in polygamy until the 1890s, and only basically to so that they could join the union, so that Utah could join the union and become a full state. Is really the only reason they outlawed, or yeah disavowed polygamy otherwise and still a lot of fundamentalist mormons practice polygamy so there that's a very different idea but it's still like you're still not allowed to have sex with other people before you're married to them you can have sex with as many people as you want as long as you're married to them basically uh baptists uh, a lot of baptist churches are like firmly firmly like they'll yell at you from the pulpit especially like some of those like independent fundamentalist baptists if they find out you've been living together or had sex before marriage or got pregnant Right. Yeah, Southern Baptists were okay with contraception within marriage. A lot of them over the last few years have become more and more leaning more towards like the quiverful kind of just have as many kids idea. Yeah, leaning more towards the contraception is bad and just encourages promis- promiscuity and things like that. So, yeah, they used to be even almost like pro-abortion and now it's like completely the other way around.
because it always comes back like with religion and sex it always seems to be they want to know what you're doing in the bedroom kind of thing and there yeah. it, it's it's is it is it because they believe that if they didn't say anything there'd be this proliferation of of sin and that somehow makes the world a worse place yeah i think is like, that is that what it is cuz yeah. cuz like at the, why why do you care i think it's just evolved from different things melding into one like i think part of it is the old school idea of if my wife if i marry a virgin then i know that my that when she gives birth that it's my kid you know you forbid her from having sex with other men then you know for sure that when she has a kid it's your kid and it was really more about the woman so that kind of gets ingrained in culture and then you have things like the early church was celibate and Paul talked a lot about restraining from sex in the Bible. So that adds to it. And then they talk about sexual immorality. So it just becomes this thing of like, well, the Bible says it and it's the way we've done it for hundreds of years. So we need to be chaste and pure. And, and a lot of people just get their identity from being like that idea, even though most people do not wait till marriage, even within the church. Right. Like, it's a very, very low percentage of people who haven't had sex before their wedding night. Even among, you know, the most outspoken preacher on the pulpit, he's probably, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of hypocrisy there because yeah. it is like, it's a natural thing to want to have sex with someone. Yeah. Like, it's not this terrible thing that the church has made it to be. But what it has done is like made it so people don't have the proper education. And then people also have guilt around sex. And they also like, because there's guilt around any form of sexuality, they don't know what is okay and what isn't okay when they start to explore themselves sexually. And, and you get people that, you know, you know, sexually assault somebody because, well, any sort of sex is wrong, so this, you know, this is just another degree of something that's wrong, and you just have all these terrible things, like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just sucks. <laughs> um, uh, one more quick uh, a denominational thing is, uh, the, I don't think they exist anymore, but there was this group called the Shakers, um, very similar to the Quakers, and got their name in a very similar way, where, like, because they would shake and stuff when they pray because the Holy Spirit was moving in them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like but uh, they, Mexican jumping beans. Yeah, exactly. But they just have a worm inside of them. They said that everyone needs to be abstinent. Like, even married people shouldn't have sex ever. What? Yeah. They Well, they also thought that the, that the Lord was coming back like around their time as well. Christ was coming back, so stop having sex just focus on God. With those guys, though, wouldn't they have noticed after a couple decades that he's not coming? Oh, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> okay, good, good. I was yeah. going to say. I was going to say. I mean, you can always get people to join your, your little groups. Like, you don't have to procreate in order to keep a religion going. There's other ways that other religions have done it by just... Recruitment. But, I mean, when also, like, your theology is based on God's coming back, and also their leader, Marianne, something um they thought was christ was a version of christ returned and then the whole rapture would happen so like 
when she goes and it's like that's their like holy leader she just you know dies of old age or whatever so there's so many factors for like why they didn't make it but obviously not procreating and teaching your children about your religion is a big factor as well could you even teach your children uh what, what i think you just have to kick out all the children yeah yeah it's true and then yeah do you remember that um in the jesus for all occasions episode to the other cult where uh they would actually cut off their oh. I mean, we'd cut off their their breasts, right? And that was also because they followed that Augustinian idea that the original sin was caused by sex, and and they thought that eating the apple was a euphemism for uh, your breasts and your balls, Eat vaginas. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> what are your thoughts right now on uh, the whole idea of how Christians view sex? Uh, I think it's pretty dumb. I, I can understand some of the stuff from a, a historical standpoint. I mean, I, I think a lot of things started out in ways that were uh, like somewhat practical ways to, to curb certain things that people didn't know about, yeah. whether it be through like hygiene or, or, you know, legal things. Right. Yeah. But uh, as of today, I think all, all of it is is useless. Yeah, I think all it's doing is um, holding people back and uh, causing a lot of unwanted suffering and damage to uh, millions of people every day. Yeah. So that's yep. that's my thoughts on it. I, I believe, completely agree. I believe in education, and uh, that's uh, all it is, is. It's preventing education. Yeah, it is. It's preventing education, and and I think one of the most important things it's preventing is consent education. Yeah. And uh, just oh. teaching. Yeah, kids. that's, that's like, true. We have not yeah. really talked much about consent, but yes, yeah. that, that is very true. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about before with the Ontario curriculum reverting back to the 1998 version, the new curriculum talked more about consent and then even like to younger ages, teaching consent for things like hugging and which is so good and important to yeah. have. Like the thing is, they're not teaching your eight-year-old. Uh, this is how you put on a strap-on and uh, peg your boyfriend. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's telling you that you're allowed to say no when someone's trying to touch you. Yeah, exactly. And also, you have to listen when somebody says no. You know, like yeah. And you have to ask for you know excited you know consent. Like yes, I would love it if you gave me a high five. Not just like I'm gonna go over and smack your hand i remember when they first were rolling out with uh with the the new curriculum and uh there were flyers in our neighborhood from uh some local churches that were basically just saying don't support the new education bill mm -hmm. and you know and you know that there are tons of communities there's churches who are saying that you shouldn't support this because it is but then there's also these churches where there are people who don't necessarily have access to what that information is or or are able to fully comprehend what that information yeah. is. So they're going to lean on something like the church who they who they trust as a source of information to tell them yeah. what it is. And when they're just flat out telling them the wrong things and saying that this is evil and this is bad, it's it's just it's it's not a good place. No, it's really not. And yeah, it's we just need strong education to teach people what's safe and what's right and and not just don't do it yeah it's just really dumb yeah i guess uh we want to do a christian rock lyric yeah we may as well yeah 
Can't you see you're not making Christianity better? You're just making rock and roll worse. This is guy. Uh, this is by a guy named uh, Kenny Marks, and uh, it's called "The Party's Over." Okay. And they showed it in my public high school. They showed this music video when they let a Christian group come in and talk about abstinence only like because they allow that for some reason in ontario i don't know if they still do but they did when i was a teenager just as long as you didn't actually mention jesus you were allowed to come in and just like preach abstinence only and play a stupid music video that's trying to be jack and diane but is definitely not jack and diane (laughs) jack jack and diane yeah do you remember that song Oh, I remember that song. Oh, yeah. And Second he on actually, Chili Dogs. He actually said that this was a response to that song about how uh, yeah, young love is can be dangerous, and if you have sex too soon, it's dangerous. And, and it has, like, the most 80s music video. We'll put a link. You got to watch this music video, people. Yeah, so the whole idea, the whole song is about Jeannie and Johnny, and they meet in high school and then have sex over, at a party, and then they... Uh, after they had sex, she got pregnant, which means he had to marry her, and then their life was pretty hard, and it just would have been better if they didn't have sex. So let me just read some of the lyrics. Jeannie had her questions when the romance had its start, but Johnny had the looks that shot an arrow through her heart. Before the night was over, Jeannie went and gave it all away. The party's over. It was fun while it lasted, but it ain't no fun no more. The party's over, and now they wondered what they hurried for. Jeannie called up Johnny. She said, hey, I've got bad news. Johnny said, don't worry, babe. I'll take care of you. They had a wedding party for their family and a few close friends. And then the party's over. It was fun while it lasted. There's... The whole song, yeah, the whole song is 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 just so it's it's so depressing. What I what I also find funny about it too is that it's saying that you're gonna have a baby and then your life is over. Yeah, where it's also like, isn't your don't you want people to have babies and children and yeah, isn't that your whole thing? <laughs> so the, why are you telling them that having a baby will ruin your life? I understand like the intention is more about premarital sex, but at yeah. the same time. It's also saying that the reason is bad is because you're having a baby. Why would you want a baby ever then? And then, yeah, and at the same time, they're they're pro-life and anti-abortion, and it's like, but you're still acknowledging that having a baby this young can be very devastating to a child. <laughs> How is it any different is if you get married and then have a baby? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's no it's no different. And also, Jeannie, if you got to this point, you didn't want to have an abortion, there's also a, adoption. Also, you don't have to marry Johnny <laughs> just because Johnny's the biological father. No, if anything, I, that's uh, that's even worse, too. I think that's yeah. another terrible thing. Because, you know, the the things that save, save a relationship is getting married and having kids. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I knew so many people from my small town that would get pregnant as a teenager and then it was basically like a shotgun wedding and of course they didn't last like of course they didn't stay together no of course not like when i lived in alberta made friends like with somebody and then when i was in college or whatever she got pregnant and got married and i remember just seeing the pictures online of the wedding and just like how sad it was that a church with like 300 people there was maybe 10 people there for her because she got pregnant before marriage so like only a few close friends and family showed up even though this was like a wedding that she basically had to do because she was in this culture and that's the other thing i find really gross about 
these things. They're, these are people who claim to be communities. And then, you know, shit like that happens and they just turn on you. Yeah. And again, it come it comes back to the same thing. He without sin casts the first stone. Yeah. You think you think none of these people have done shitty things? It's it's insane that this this idea that they're better than you because they're quote unquote more more pious or holy when yeah. you know they're not. And you'd always hear too that there's no sin that's worse than another sin, like all sins are equal. And, which but, is a which is a bad way to do things. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's so dumb. Like I don't necessarily agree with the idea that sins exist, but I no, think I there either. are things you can do that are not good things, and I think they vary in like what's bad, like and what's worse. And yeah, can you imagine like if the law was just everything was the same badness, like a parking yeah. ticket and murder. Yeah, exactly. You just get executed for anything or you just get a ticket for anything. Yeah. And I always argued with people, too, even when I was a Christian, about all sins are equal. And I'd be like, really? You're telling me? <laughs> and then just, like, name the worst thing possible is the same as, like... Looking at, yeah, looking at uh, someone in a short skirt. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, seeing Helen Hunt and being like, whoa. Yeah, you know? yeah, watching a movie with someone... You know, Helen Hunt. Vocative. Yeah, Helen yeah. Hunt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, I'm obsessed with Helen Hunt and you need to know this. Wow. Top tier sin in tre- today, Trevor. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay. I think that's uh, that's good there. I think we'll end on Helen Hunt. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. And, uh, thank you. And uh, don't forget uh, to practice safe sex. Yeah. Or not if you don't want to. Well, I, I, w- I would say do. Oh, okay. Yeah, Raptor rascal. Yeah. No, All I that. mean, like, but when I say you don't have to practice safe sex, I mean, like, if you don't want to have sex, you don't have to have sex. But not having sex is also practicing safe sex. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Nothing safer than not doing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Can you rate us on uh, iTunes if you're still listening? Um, can you comment uh, on our. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. You know yeah. what they say at the end of everything. There's a little mm. ding at the corner or whatever. We don't have yeah. that. But if there was... <laughs> Call your congressman. Call your MP. Say, yeah. listen, we need these guys uh, to, to do the circuit. Go around to all the community centers and, I don't know, talk to, I don't know, Boy Scouts or something. Yeah, about uh, getting it on sexually. Uh, well, I don't know if I want to do a sex ed circuit... <laughs> Oh, Lord knows I do. All right, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Work, 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 Sky Moon. <laughs> the whole pre-celibacy thing is a major issue. Problem after problem with that. Obviously, if you read a newspaper or seen the Academy Award winning movie uh, Spotlight, but um, which, you know, is a good film. <laughs> well, that, that's been Trevor's film reviews. 